Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama on IMSA Radio. Little bit of high cloud, but nothing to worry about. The cars are rolling out behind the pace car as it now is. It will be a safety car if we see it again. The Porsche GT3 991. I'm John Hindhoff. Jeremy Shaw is alongside me. And here's how the 21 line up for the second race here at Road America this weekend. Yes, unfortunately we're going to have 19 cars, I think, for uh, today's race. This will be the 10th round of the 2018 Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. Big accident yesterday involving the cars of Scott Willem and uh, Dan Hardy. I believe neither of them will be on the grid today. So 19 cars starting at the back from Colgate, Wisconsin, his local race. Uh, pretty much new to racing is Greg Palmer aboard the Cup board car number 44 for Kelly Moss Road and Race. One row ahead of him on the grid, car number 12 from Mexico, Eduardo de Leon for JDX Racing. And for TPC Racing, car number 5 is Rob Ferriol. Two more Gold Cup cars ahead of them on the grid on row 8, car number 42 for Top Racing, that is Bill Smith. And Kurt Vizikas in car number 52 for Kelly Moss Road and Race, won yesterday's race, having worked his way all the way from the back of the field. On the front row in, in uh, Gold Cup, seventh row of the grid overall, a pair from NGT Motorsports. Both of them from Puerto Rico. Car number 27 is Sebastian Carrazzo, competing just his second weekend of the GT3 Cup. And the series leader, car number 25, Victor Gomez IV. Row 6 of the grid is Mark Cavami for JDX Racing in car number 43. And for Wright Motorsports in car number 20 alongside is Fred Pordad. Row 5, car number 99 for AM Motorsports Kelly Moss Road and Race is Alan Metney. Alongside him for top racing in car number 56, David Baker. Row 4 on the outside, car number 36, TPC Racing, that's Michael Levitas. Alongside him is Charlie Luck in car number 45 for Wright Motorsports. Row 3 of the grid on the outside, David Kolkman in car number 71, that's Park Place Motorsports. Alongside the number 1 of Kelly Moss Road and Race, that's Roman DeAngelis. Row 2 of the grid is Maxwell Root in car number 7 for Wright Motorsports and JDX Racing car number 3, Trenton Estep, the championship leader. Anthony Imperato finished second yesterday, will start second again today for Wright Motorsports in car number 91. And the race winner from yesterday making his debut this season in the GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama, but he leads the Canadian championship. Driving now for more speed in car number 19 is Zachary Robichon. That are, those are the 19 runners that we expect to see. The lights are out on the GT3 safety car. Beautiful sight, beautiful sound, and, well, isn't, isn't multiple flat six just the best way to wake up in the morning? Plenty of people count, camping around Road America, America's National Park of Speed. And the GT3 will peel off the driver's right as it heads through the 14th and final corner and into the pit lane. Very close on the front row, Robichon and Imperato. Robichon to driver's right. There was almost a little touch there. They were so close together. A little bit of mind games from the front row as we're ready to go green. I'm looking 
both at the cars coming up the hill and then glancing back to the starter stand which is just to my left of the IMSA broadcast centre here which is right on the start finish line the pace is picking up and the green flag's in the air we're racing and it is the most speed number 19 of Zachary Robichon who gets a great start doesn't have to defend down into turn one although he weaving backwards and forwards trying to get some heat into the Yokohama tyres it looks like Imperato is going to have to defend and does from the Left-hand side of the circuit, he's gone a little wide at the exit of turn one, and that was because Trenton Estep in the black and gold JDX car in third position was looking a little racy. Coming through, great start by David Kolkman, already up in the 71 car to fourth position. That's the grey with the red and lighter grey coloured stripes on that car. Fourth back in the line as they head down the Back straight for the first time and Zachary Robichon doing what Zachary can do. He's pulled the pin early. Man, he's good at the start of the races and on the restart. Doesn't seem to worry him that the Yokohama tyres aren't up to temperature or pressure. He's done exactly the same as he did in the first race here on Saturday. Very impressive. Also, Anthony Imperato, that kind of a 91, he doesn't have as much experience as most of these other guys in racing terms, but I'll tell you what, he drove a great defensive race yesterday to finish in second place and did an absolutely excellent job on that first lap, particularly down to the first corner. He kind of squeezed Trenton Estep, who was alongside him, made a great start from the second row down to the inside in that turner. So he had, he was still uh, entering turn, turn one from the middle of the road rather than the outside, which is the preferred line. But that meant effectively that number three car had to back off. Otherwise, there's going to be contact. So really good driving there from both of those two. Then second and third, that is Imperato ahead of the championship leader, Trenton Estep. Defensive driving doesn't have to be making late moves yeah. and pulling in front of people. It's where you position Oops. the car. Bit of rally Kurt crossing. Fasikas. It is Kurt Fasikas. Bit of rally crossing <laughs> from Kurt. Finished second in the uh, his category yesterday. No, he won it yesterday. No, he won, won yesterday. Yeah, yes. uh, right at the restart, Correct. he overtook. Uh, but he made a mistake yet, uh, yesterday on the first lap. He spun at Canada Corner, had to work his way from the back of the field and made a great pass late in the race to win the class. Yes, that's right. Went by uh, Rob Furriel, didn't that's he? Correct. To take uh, his uh, category. He's uh, sitting at the moment. Uh, down in third position in the Gold Cup with uh, Sebastian Carrazzo and Victor Gomez ahead of him. F end of the first lap, 1.6 seconds. And again, Estep tries to the inside in the black and gold car. And again, Anthony Imperato just holds that line. And what he's doing there, Jeremy, and I think this is very clever. I like what Anthony Imperato is doing here. He is defending, and that means he is going to get a bottleneck. He's at the, the cork in the bottle at the moment, and his cars, he's losing time because he's not on the optimum line. But what he's doing is forcing Trenton Estep to go so far down the inside that Trenton's got to break earlier, and he actually can't even get alongside into the turning area. Fazekas with the wild ride through the kink on the first lap, and a bit of experience there from Kurt. Sometimes you've just got to let the car bounce and settle. Uh, soft hands, don't touch the brake and just feather that throttle back and that's exactly what he did and he sort of coaxed the car back onto the asphalt of the yeah. racing circuit. I, I bet the heart rate went up a bit there. Yeah, persuaded it back on the race, yes. I coaxed like, is a great word uh, and exactly right because I, I was talking to Kurt just a few minutes ago actually and uh, he was telling me that uh, he was 
had a bit of a grandstand view for the big accident that took place yesterday uh, down there and it just the car came across the road and just missed him at that same point on a racetrack having done pretty much the same thing yes. so he knew kind of knew what he needed not to do <laughs> and he did it perfectly there and lives to fight on in this race uh, cost him a little bit of ground but he won't worry about that at this stage because yesterday he moved up through the field really well yes we saw that this this track is quite hard on the Yokohama tires and you do have to be a bit sensible now what I've just notice is that Kurt Fazekas has lost the little rubber chin spoiler from underneath the front of that number 52 car. It's sitting just beyond the kink and that is going to be disastrous for him through the faster and some of the slow corners. It is absolutely imperative to the turning of the car. He's going to be plagued with understeer for the rest of the race. It's always been the case on the Cup cars going back many years when I was involved with Porsche Carrera Cup UK and doing the commentary for that right through more recent years with Middle East and with the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama here in the USA. You can barely see it and it's probably only an inch or an inch and a half thick just fitted underneath the front of the car and it just pushes the air and manages the air around the front of the car and with that gone on Fazekas' car, he is yeah. going to struggle massively. Yeah. You're absolutely right there, John. And I was talking to the, several of the drivers this morning about uh, basically about how they approach the kink. And you have to just just a, a dab of the brakes going into, into the kink for exactly that reason, to settle the front of the yeah. car and get the air to, to actually work on that splitter and, and allow a bit of grip to turn into the corner. If you haven't got that splitter, it's going to be a major headache, particularly the kink, but really in all the corners as well. Yes, lifting right off the throttle, not always the right thing to do. That can actually yeah. unbalance the car in the wrong way, get the weight going right. backwards rather yeah. than forwards. Exactly, so you have to lift off well before the corner and then get on the power. As soon as you turn in, you're hard on the gas thereafter. You can from that point onward but it's going to be making it much more difficult now for Kurt Fizikas to get get on that throttle and carry the momentum down to Canada Corner that's why there's a big train of cars behind him. Fizikas is sitting in second place now so he has managed to get past Rob Furriol and Bill Smith but his fastest lap time some three seconds slower than Victor Gomez, who leads that class down in 13th position. At the head of the field, Zachary Robichon is clearing off 2.1 seconds. Imperato, for the moment, has weathered the storm in the mainly white car, the number 91, in second position. And he's built himself a couple of tenths of a second, which means at least just for a couple of corners, he's not having to defend. That means he can take the more optimum line through Canada Corner, which he is now at and through. And in fact, Trenton Estep is more, I think, got his attention drawn to David Kolkman in the uh, Park Place car, the 71 car behind him in fourth position. And right there as well is Maxwell Root. And Roman De Angelis is about to link on and make this a five-car battle for what is second place down over. Behind that, Charlie Luck is a couple of seconds further down the road in the red Porsche with the green bonnet. And it is now effectively, Jeremy, five cars battling for second position. And Imperato's going to start to feel that heat being turned up again now as Trenton Estep has probably just taken the mirror off or tilted it up. He's not now looking at David Coltman. He's eyes on the car that he's trying to catch up. Battling down into turn three, Fred Purdad on David Baker. The number 20 car got position there and might have just sneaked through. 
couple of three cars further back the NGT number 25 the light blue and bright red car that is the leader in the GT3 gold category that's the previous iteration the Gen 1 991 Cup cars no Baker did hang on to it with that white car with the blue front the Apex machine he's an overbraked underbraked rather and outbraked himself and he's gone too far at turn five that's a tricky position to get yourself into if you miss your breaking point by even six inches or a foot you're going to go wide there because gravity is pushing you down that's quite a steep downhill there and Fred Poordad who'd already been putting some pressure on David Baker has now gone through and taken that position he is uh, up to eighth position now. Yeah, and second in the Masters class. The uh, the flash of green, you just green and red that just went through <laughs> the screen. That's Charlie Luck. He's pulled out a little bit already over the rest of these guys. He was the uh, championship leader in the Masters category. He's had a really good season as Charlie. He's had uh, three wins in the first four races, but uh, he struggled a little bit at Watkins Glen, but did finish second yesterday as a result more of uh, various other dramas for other drivers in fact but he's leading the masters category now and looking pretty strong but david baker he's moved up into second place and he's going to try and track him down and right behind david baker or fred Bordell and david baker i should say are alan metney and michael levitas as well and uh, and mark kabami is hanging on to that train as well so it's a really good battle there for second place in masters sebastian carrazzo in that very distinctive Lime Green with red stripe car sitting at the moment in fifth in the gold category, the number 27 car, 17th overall. And just to confirm that the two cars involved in the big accident yesterday, the 61 of Scott Wellham and the 69, the Hardy Porsche, uh, those guys did not start the race today. Another incident at the kink, and that was for the 27 and that's how it lost the position to Greg Palmer. Yeah, he lost a couple of places actually. Eduardo, yeah, Eduardo de Leon gone yeah, through as well. But he's managed to hold on to that little bit of rubber that's just underneath the front of the spoiler on that number 27 car. So he's not going to be as disadvantaged as Kurt Fasikas. And in fact, Kurt Fasikas has been repassed by Bill Smith in the battle for the GT Gold category. So now it's Gomez from the 42, the bright orange Porsche of Bill Smith. And then Kurt Fasikas in that purple car, the 52, is dropping back and he'll start to struggle. We've still got 35 minutes left to go. And the front Yokohama tyres on Kurt Fasikas' car are going to take a pounding in that next half an hour plus. Yeah, this battle for second place is, uh, is pretty tight in here with Anthony Imperato ahead of Trenton Estet, David Coltman, Roman DeAndres uh, and Max Root. Those last two changed places, didn't they, by the way? So number one car is ahead of number oh, wow, seven. Yes. I noticed yeah, that. that he's just whizzed uh, through. Yeah, there. yeah, so uh, that's the change. Uh, Roman DeAndres getting back to, uh, to where he started. David Coltman has got past both of those two, both... Uh, both uh, DeAndres and Root, who's back in the sixth position. But a good battle, but up at the front of the field, Zachary Robichon. His last three laps, John, we're, we've just completed four laps, we're coming up to complete five. He set the fastest lap on each of the laps. Wow. It was a 2 minutes 12.60, 2 minutes 12.56, 2 minutes 12.52. Love it. That's why uh, he's, he's turned the fastest laps race, but it's super consistent. That's why he's pulling away. Jeremy, we've seen in the past in this category that championship contenders have been able to win from deep in the pack or win from the front and at various times I call it pulling the pin basically just setting off 
this young man seems to be able to do it right from the start of the race, even on cold tyres. It's an extraordinary skill to have, to be that confident at the start of the race when potentially is the most danger to somebody starting the front row. And Fazegas has gone around. Kurt Fazegas has gone around. The big gap underneath the front of that car is where the uh, rubber should be and he's lost that car and spun it and that is him out of third position in the gold category didn't see any damage on the car so not sure whether it was induced meantime david coltman is going for second is taking second estep must have made a mistake at turn three because coltman was already in position in that little left kink on the middle straight if you will behind the paddock area oh fazikas did get some help rob furriol little tap alongside him and then Again, coming through the 13th corner. That's very quick indeed. Furriol off the road himself in the number five car. And that's allowed Bill Smith up in the second in the gold category. And going up to third, Eduardo de Leon. Uh, Sebastian Carrazzo, a masterful piece of avoidance of the spinning cars there yes. in that uh, bright green machine. Certainly was. And gentlemen, uh, going through turn 13 side by side, not a good idea. Uh, not a good idea. You have idea. to have extreme Rob, confidence in the person well, alongside you. You do, and, and you know, neither of them did anything wrong there. It was just a good, close, hard racing, but they both compromised themselves. Uh, Rob Ferrell was way off the grass on the outside. Kurt Fazekas, having had to pinch the car a little bit uh, at the apex, spun it around. So they both be able to continue, uh, and I think they'll both have learned from that. So good, hard racing between those two, but uh, yeah. If you're, on, if you're on the less than optimum line, you're not going to be able to go through there in the, at the same speed or sometimes right. even in the same gear yes. as you would do. You have to modify your speed yeah. if you've modified your line. That's right. And effectively, what happened there with Kurt was the corner had been tightened by Rob Ferriol being on the outside. He couldn't use all... Think of in, instead of being able to use all the, the track, imagine there's a white line painted down the middle of it that you can't go across. And that's what caught him out there when Jeremy says he's pinching the car he's holding on to the steering just a little bit too long as he applies the throttle and that unsettles the car and spins the car towards the inside of the corner originally and then it came backwards across the track Bill Smith in the 42 the orange car is the man who benefited most from that he's now up into second position but Victor Gomez has cleared off again in the gold category absolutely distraught yesterday after the car seemed to lose power. He was in complete command of the motor race with just minutes to go and pulled the car up at the end of the pit lane. And then just before the yellow flags came out, he actually re-fired it, but finished well down the Gold Cup field. Today, hopefully, for Victor, no repetition of that uh, rather odd incident. Eduardo De Leon then in third position, the Gold Cup has behind him the number 44 blue and white car of Greg Palmer. Then behind him, Furriol in the red, white and blue Porsche. And just getting back onto the back of them, Sebastian Carrazzo in the 27, the lime green car with the red stripe. These four through the kink, down towards Canada Corner. No, check that, they're at turn five, my apologies. Pushing them too far round the track there. And just for a moment, there's a bit of breathing space for the 
Number 12 of Eduardo de Leon and up the inside Rob Furriel wants those positions back but I'm not sure he was close enough, no he wasn't and Greg Palmer just held on to the normal racing line through turn 6 now through Hurry Downs towards the braking area turn 8 Yeah, number 44 car, Greg Palmer from Colgate, Wisconsin just an hour or so uh, south of here uh, he's a, a chemical engineer by trade, has a chemical business down there uh, he calls himself a, a chemical geek thing is the uh, symbol on the front of the car along with <laughs> Cops Industries which is the, the name of his, his business there in Colgate so he's pretty much new to racing just done a couple of years of racing but really did nothing before this so he's doing a really good job here uh, and uh, he's, he's just you know, gradually gaining experience loving working with, with the Andrew Davies who's the the driver coach there at Kelly Moss Road and Race and, and just and, you know loving every minute of it and getting better and better all the time. But he said a little, he did a little bit of club racing, but he, he was just telling me this morning you know, how, how different this level of racing is. This is not club racing now. These aren't easy cars to drive either, Jeremy. It's often been said that the that some very good drivers have never got their heads around driving Porsches and particularly Cup class Porsches. Uh, don't have traction control and in the platinum category there are no ABS on the car as well although you're allowed it in the masters category so these are cars that you have to drive have to do the right things at the right time second position Imperato very impressive this weekend here he's pretty much been under pressure right the way through both of the races so far yeah. still half an hour to go in this one but he's not getting flustered Jeremy and he's driving his lines well he absolutely is John and, and you know the, and these all these guys behind him this train of of what four cars behind him I mean, these are all really talented youngsters who are looking to make a career out of this sport Anthony Imperato I mean, he, he's still in 27 years of age so he certainly isn't old but he's, this is not his uh, primary business his business is the uh, Henry Rifles Henry uh, Firearms that uh, has a base actually here in Wisconsin in Rice Lake uh, but he's not a prof he doesn't uh, aspire to be prof professional but David Coltman behind him Trenton Estet behind him uh, he David Cotman's just uh, early 20s. The other two right behind him, Trent Nestor and Roman DeAngelis, and Max Root, they're all teenagers who want to make a career in this sport. So to be running ahead of them and doing such a good job, he's not getting flustered, like you say, just driving his lines, being consistent, hitting his marks, doing an excellent job in second place. In the Masters category, Charlie, look, in the 45 car, having a bit of a lonely race. He's nine seconds behind the cars ahead, but he leads the pack battling for second place in the Platinum Masters by, what, a good couple of three seconds. And that's led by Fred Purdad off on the final corner. That is Mike Levitas in the 36. Managed to hold on to it, but gives himself a scare and might just uh, have left, uh, allowed uh, Mark Cavami through. Yes, he has, I think, yeah. Cavami's right there. No, I wasn't able maybe to make here on that one. At the moment, the man who's more li most likely to move position is David Baker. The middle of three Porsches heading down the hill to turn three at the moment. Poor dad in the 20, the red, white and blue from the mainly white with uh, red, yellow and blue. And then the almost all white, 99. That's Alan Metney. Had a huge accident here last year. Down by the kink very unforgiving down there huge outbreaking maneuver tried by David Baker that was 
very ambitious, but he actually almost pulled it off. Rather surprised himself, I think, and may have just fluffed coming out. Oh, and he's moved over on Metney. That was poor driving by Baker. Well, you know, he was still trying to save his life coming out of turn six, to be honest. He didn't look alongside him, and uh, the, uh, the number 99 car was right there. So, uh, yeah, he'll probably get a little bit of a, a ticking off from that from the stewards. That's cost uh, Metney some time. He did a good job, actually, a very good job to save it. Agreed. But uh, you're right that exactly that uh, let's have a replay of what happened here. You can see David Baker, he comes off the corner and then he moves across. I mean, you do you move across there to the left-hand side of the racetrack to, to take the right-hander ahead of you. So that's what you do. I mean, if you put your nose in, in that position, I mean, it wasn't alongside him, Metney, so uh, I'd say that was a re shared responsibility there. Uh, Baker, I, the only thing I would say is Baker was well off the track coming out of six, and you've got to be no, careful coming back on. It's normal racing line coming out of six, though, isn't it? I mean, you use, you use the curb there as, and as much of the well, asphalt as enough. you can. If, if it looks like hard standing <laughs> and <laughs> the racing driver thinks he can use it, he's going to yeah, use yeah, it. Right. For a moment, Alan Metney's car turned into a flat six, very <laughs> fast lawnmower. <laughs> and he has got a bit of grass debris in the intakes there. It's the oil and water coolers behind there. The engine at the back, of course, classically in these 911s. The days of the oil coolers and the radiator's been right up front on the edges and extremely vulnerable to little, even little taps like that. Well, they have been moved back to a slightly safer spot in the cars, but even so, you don't want to be banging wheels like that and getting the cars on the grass. Meanwhile, second overall, still in Parato, still, I mean, if... It's Coltman behind now, of course, having made that pass a couple of laps ago. If you didn't know that Coltman was there, you would be looking at Imperato thinking, well, he's just driving his lines very nicely. Uh, Coltman is there, and Imperato refuses to be intimidated. He's backing his own talent here, and I think that's really smart. How often, Jeremy, have we seen drivers, particularly less experienced drivers, who drive too much looking in the mirrors and not that focus forward that we often hear drivers talk about. Well, Imperato at the moment, an absolute textbook case of focus forward. He's not worried about what's going on behind him. Meantime, battle for the gold category and the 27 of Sebastian Carrazzo having trying to make a, a little bit of ground there on the number 44 of Greg Palmer as Rob Furriol had already gone through at turn number three. Now it's the long drag down to turn five. The left-hander at the bottom of the hill behind the paddock. Great spot for spectators. So many great spots for spectators around this four-mile circuit. Good driving there and good respect for both those two. Greg Palmer made sure he left in just about enough room for Rob Ferriel. He's able to make the pass. Kurt Fazekas onto pit lane, giving up the unequal struggle with that uh, splitter gone. They're going to bolt a new splitter on and send it back out again. It's going to cost him a lot of time, but at least he's going to have more fun driving the car, John. Uh, I think one of the problems is there's uh, remnants of the old piece of rubber still on there. It's a push fit on this, believe it or not. There is just a lip on the front of the car that goes on and it's a it's what's called in engineering terms an interference fit and you push it on and it pretty much stays there and there's a little clip on either end and that's about it so it, it can be done but uh, he's already lost the lead lap penalty drive through for the number 56 of David Baker and he's already come into the pits to serve that so race control Seeing that incident exactly as the way a, you did. a little wayward. 
not a stop and hold, just to drive through. Baker's in the pits in front of us now. Meantime, battle for second position. And for a moment, there was a slight overlap from Coltman onto the rear three-quarter. And a mistake. There is a mistake from Imperato. This time, he had to defend and went too deep on the brakes into turn five. So having built him up about not uh, being shaken by the pressure, Colkman just managed to unnerve Imperato enough and is now through to second. Write this down and remember it with 21 and a half minutes to go. The gap between Colkman and Robichon is just about seven and a half seconds. Let's see what happens there towards the end of the race. And now Imperato, what Imperato's got to do now is he's got to forget that, forget the fact that that dark grey car, the number 71 of David Colkman, is pulling away from him and settle back down to do exactly what he's been doing for the previous 25 minutes. I thought it was a smart move by Colkman. He did get a bit of the overlap, but he was never going to make it there. But Imperato, just a, maybe half a car's length, not even that late on the brakes, and went wide. And Coltman could see that coming and just squared the corner off, took the position, new second-place car. Exactly. And the problem there for Imperato was that he wasn't on his usual braking Correct. line, which was more to the, to the right-hand side. He was defending a little bit there in the middle of the road. So given that, you need to brake a little bit earlier. And he probably didn't. He probably braked about where he where he normally does. So that cost him a little... You know, he just lost the momentum through the corner. David Coltman said, thank you very much indeed, moves up into second place. Really good effort by him, by the way, having started in sixth. Yeah, he made up a couple of positions straight off yeah. the bat when the green flag was flying. Eduardo De Leon, the number 12 black car with the silver and red stripes, ahead now of Rob Ferriol. Ferriol has got by David Baker. Well, Baker's now uh, dropped back, hasn't he, of course, because... Uh, of the drive-through, drive so that is potentially a quicker car than the Gold Cup cars he's with. If you look at the mirrors on the two cars just going through Canada Corner now, the first two of those five have yellow mirrors and yellow headlights. That denotes that they are the first generation of Cup car in this class. So still 20 minutes to go in this race and the key here at Road America, one of the keys at Road America, is taking care of your tyres. We see David Baker here trying to make a pass on some of these Gold Cup cars as he works his way back after serving that drive-through penalty. But uh, having a car consistent through a whole stint here is difficult. You can either set up your car to be quick at the beginning or set it up to be quick at the end. Uh, but you really have to look after your tyres, manage your race as a driver. To, uh, to make sure you're in good shape for the closing stages. So a Gold Cup car is the number five heading down towards turn three now, the red, white and blue of Rob Furriol. Behind it, a brand new for uh, this season, Gen 2 car. Last season, we got them first here in IMSA competition. Slight difference to the aero on the front. The black mirrors is what, uh, are what tells us that that's a, a Gen 2 car. But there's a, a little bit of a power differential, a little bit different on the air roll. Interior is different as well. And it's got the new safety seat and the access hatch above the driver's head so that in any kind of incident, the rescue and recovery teams could get to the drivers, to their helmets and their hands device without having to squeeze through the door or trying to pull something out through the side of the, the car. And these are all features on the Gen 2 car that have 
filtered down from the GT Le Mans cars and the GT3 cars in other forms of competition for Porsche. Great battle going on in this Gold Cup category, uh, but not for the lead because uh, Victor Gomez is 30 seconds. Yes, I did say it, 30 seconds up the road. Half a minute between himself and Bill Smith. The 25 car goes across the line in front of us now. And in fact, he's closing down a little bit on Mark Cavame ahead of him in a car that's not dissimilar in colours, at least from a distance, that uh, lighter yeah. blue shade. And Gomez, Victor Gomez, what a prospect he is as well. Really feisty driver, smart though, drives smartly and absolutely gutted yesterday, massively frustrated when the car cut out at him. He'd done exactly the same in the Saturday race and driven away from the field. And the car spluttered and then he got it restarted. Change of position is Sebastian Carrazzo has just gone by the number 12 of Eduardo de Leon who struggled out of the final corner sure whether there was a problem with yeah, well, uh, the delay on car yeah, there it, it could be what we're talking about you know, you have to look after your tires well, we're getting Jeremy. now down to the final 15 minutes or so of this wow, race that's gone quickly so where's that does, last half just, an hour gone exactly right been a really good race that's why but uh, you know you, you you've got to look after your tires if you don't then it does get uh, uh, particularly loose in the closing stages it's therefore easy to make mistakes but zachary robichon at the front of the field what a job he is doing just fabulous consistency he's just pulling away even after colkman's got up into second place uh, he, uh, Ribichon extended his lead by another half a second on that last lap. So some really good dicing going on here. Also I'm watching now the battle for uh, second place, particularly in the Masters category. Here yeah. are the leaders uh, with the second place car well behind our race leader, Jackie Ribichon, heading into turn one. The more speed car, white with the very light blue, has half of the front straight of a lead. And that is now 9.4 seconds. It was, if you remember, when David Coltman got through just about seven and a half seconds. So Robichon has not waited even for Coltman to get into his stride and close down. He's decided to really break the heart of the young German driver in second position. He's not going to let him get a sniff of the tailpipes of that leading more speed car, the number 19. Coltman's pulled out just over a second on the battle now for the final spot on the podium. Imperato has, as I thought he might, just settled back into his rhythm now. And even the massed ranks and experience and talent of Trenton Estep and Roman De Angelis have been unable to find a way by the dark-coloured rear end of that number 91 car of Imperato ahead of them. Yeah, both of these two youngsters, their first and second in the championship, number three, Trenton Estep, number, number one, of Roman DeAndres. Spoke to them both this morning and they, they've just been struggling with the balance of their cars over the weekend so far. Uh, they, uh, they, they were making a couple of changes today, hoping it would improve them. Clearly, you know, I mean, they're running well, they're running uh, in the battle for second, but they're certainly nowhere near Zachary Robichon, who that, in that more speed, kind of a 19, has got everybody covered. The IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup USA by Yokohama, a little different from many of the other Porsche competitions around the world. One of the great things is that they all do use similar specifications of cars and once everyone around the world has transitioned to the Gen 2 cars that debuted, debuted here last year, it will indeed be exactly the same car around the world. So from Super Cup down over, 
But here in the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama, not allowed to have what would be termed professional drivers. There's a nice mix here between the youth, some of whom we are been talking about we've been talking about earlier on who are looking to make a career and using this to gain experience and exposure on the IMSA WeatherTech racing weekend they're putting themselves out there and I'll, I'll tell you a lot of the team bosses and the mechanics and the team chiefs and even some of the drivers will be trackside watching this because it is such good racing and frankly the sound of that uh, classic flat six Porsche engine demands to be watched and listened to so there's the youngsters who are looking to make a career and then and not just in the gold category but in the platinum masters and some of the other platinum drivers are racing still for what you might call racing for fun taking it seriously this is a serious championship but they're not expecting the phone call from Porsche Motorsport at Visac. they're just enjoying themselves whilst these youngsters now battling for third position certainly the second two of those cars and Imperato's made the same mistake as he made a couple of three laps ago and Estep has pushed him into that mistake hassled and harried him into that mistake Imperato will be kicking himself runs wide and long at turn number five and there's Estep back up onto a podium position and that is very good indeed for his championship aspirations Jeremy yeah, it certainly is because he's uh, he put uh, a position between himself and Roman De Angelis in that car number one he's his closest challenger in the championship points coming into this weekend uh, they were they were separated before here by 13 points that went out to 15 because Estep got ahead of De Andres in the very uh, on the very last lap I think it was or before we went the race finished on the yellow didn't it but right before the end last of that lap race, of racing it was yeah, yeah last lap of racing he got passed into uh, into third place put Roman De Andres down to fourth so another uh, another a couple of points advantage that uh, that Estep is building over De Andres in the battle for the championship yeah here's in another look in Once the again, draft on the way thing. down and Defend, it's exactly the same defending thing the, you know, defending yeah. his line a little bit in the middle of the road and that's exactly what he did exactly what he did before you're absolutely right I, I thought he'd got it stopped that time and he was going to be able to make the turn but just carrying a little bit too much speed remember no ABS on these cars at the front of the platinum class so you have to be able to moderate the brake pressure and that is a skill that takes learning particularly on slick tires very easily to lock very easy to lock a wheel if you over brake and he was right on the very edge threshold braking is what you hear the drivers talking about and that means that they're on the very edge of locking up the wheels now at that point you're not actually slowing down looks spectacular but when the wheels are locked they're just skidding across the track surface and you're barely slowing down if anything at all what you need to be is getting so close to those wheels locking up but not quite and that's where of course ABS the anti-lock braking systems that we have in most of our road cars nowadays that's why that's so efficient because it takes you to the very very edge of locking a wheel and then releases and then goes back on and it does that in milliseconds used to be called cadence braking if you can do that manually on and off the brake pedal very quickly indeed only the very best drivers can do that because it's so counterintuitive to when the brakes are locking or on the edge of locking to actually come off the middle pedal and then go back on again yeah it's kind of you just moderate the the pressure on the brake that's exactly right and it's a it's an art Alan Metney's just taking the position from the number 20 of Fred Perdard 
and that second in the Platinum Masters, Charlie looks five and a half seconds up the road from that battle. And that is for eighth position overall, but for second in the Platinum Masters. Meantime, can Estep do anything about David Kolkman? There's no chance of catching Zach Robichon. We've barely seen the more speed car, such has been the domination of Zachary. He's 11 seconds up the road now. And now Imperato fighting a rear guard battle with Roman De Angelis. And De Angelis will want to be through here, Jeremy, because it's extra points in the championship. He'll be rather disappointed that he couldn't get a challenge on the black and gold car of Estep when Estep was in front of him. But he doesn't want to see Estep driving away. And he certainly doesn't want another car between himself and his championship rival in nine and a half minutes time when the chequered flag comes out. He's going to try to the outside into turn one. Imperato's having to defend. The Kelly Moss Roden race car was ahead as they turned in, but they both go very, very wide indeed. Now, how far off is too far off there for De Angelis, who loses the back end under braking down at turn three. He might be being told on the radio to give restitution there. And I'm yeah, it's going to be interesting. He'd made the pass uh, before the before the turning point, and what he did there, he gave plenty of room. They both gave each other plenty of really racing room there, uh, and in order to, to do that, then he had to uh, he had to uh, run wide at the exit. They both outbreak themselves at turn five. This is a super <laughs> battle between these two. And don't forget, even though the cars are getting lighter, they are losing grip. The Kelly Moss Roden race car comes around the outside, but he's going too quickly at that point. Remember what I said earlier on, you've got to modify your entry speed if you're taking a different line. Earlier on, we were talking about Kurt Fazek as he was on the inside line. And in fact, he has given the position back. The position has been given back there. And I'm pretty certain that was a wise move. Ordered by race control, pulls over coming out of turn number six. And that was because of the track limits violation. Now, yeah, Kurt Fazekas earlier on was on the inside, Jeremy, and he pinched it. Basically, he was going round the outside, so just needed to keep the car on the track and back off a little bit. That's right. The call is, do you gain advantage by going off the track? The advantage he gained there was in taking more speed into the corner. And he made Now, the position was actually made up before he turned in, but he held on to the position by going off the track and not having to lift off and slow down. Yes, but where he, where he put his nail in his coffin was giving, uh, but by giving too much room, effectively, to, uh, to Anthony Imperato. He was ahead at the turning point, and rather than go to the apex, he gave, made sure that he gave Imperato room. By doing so, that meant he had to run wide. If he'd have been a bit more aggressive there with the, with the turn-in, because he, he cleared him, he probably yeah. might not have seen him, but he had cleared him, and if he'd kept that line, his normal line through there, he'd have probably got away with it. Good call there, good racing between these two. This time, it's, uh, the boot is on the other foot. Now, let's see how this one goes. Imperato squeezes <laughs> down, and he's gone wide. There now, that's go. a great pass. No, it's the same thing we're talking about. No, down the inside. He's done it down the inside. They're still side by side going down to turn number three. Yes. Imperato had the lift off there. He knew he did. And now they're side by side again. And this is not over. The track goes to the left next, and Imperato might... No, oh, he just couldn't get it. <laughs> what a shame. Good stuff. If he could have hung out there... The track goes to the left at this point of the track, but now the number one car of Roman De Angelis is on the less than ideal line. 
Imperato tried to get the cut back, but that was very clever driving by De Angelis. Yeah. He parked the car on the apex so that the car behind him couldn't get the cut back. This is great stuff from these two. And two big black lines of Yokohama rubber laid down on the exit of the first corner, by the way, by De Angelis. He thought, right, he's going wide. I got pinged for that last time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make That's this right. really hard for him. Let's get up the inside as quick as I can. Meantime, for second place, David Coltman with nearly six minutes left has been caught by Estep. And this is even worse news for Roman De Angelis because this could be another position for his championship rival and more points going to the black and gold car and not to his number one. There's no chance of either of these two catching Zachary Robichon. It's 12 and a half seconds. The number 19 the white and light blue Moore speed car is leading and Coltman's having to defend now. He's feeling the pressure, not on the full racing line. That's costing him time and Estep's there. Tyres wearing, drivers getting tired. Concentration levels have to be kept up. The car's getting lighter, you're burning off the fuel. But these cars are getting lively now, you can see it. And the lap times are just going out a little bit. Robichon, by the way. Beautiful Sunday drive. What's all this fuss about, he'll be thinking. Yeah. He's over the top of the hill and he's gone, gone. Yeah. before the other guys can even see him. That's right, exactly right. As far as he's concerned, he's the only one on the track at the moment. He's not seen anybody. It's a long enough track and he probably won't lap anyone. So he's just on a... It's like being on a, tr a private track day at the moment for Zachary Robichon. Yeah, what a good job he has done this weekend. Stepping in, Will Hardeman, the regular driver of that number 19 car for more speed. Unfortunately, uh, he hasn't been able to make either of the last couple of races. Got some issues at home, and we wish uh, the Hardeman family all the best there. But uh, he, he, unable to come to the races, they, they, they've got commitments to his sponsors, so they needed somebody in the car. Gave the call to Zachary Robichaud, who's leading the championship north of the border. What a job he has done. It's been an awful day for Kurt Fasikas who is on the infield in the purple people eater the 52 car with that uh, front rubberized spoiler bib spoiler replaced he's now heading towards the final corner it's turn 13 that's done for him twice here isn't it in yes. this race and I think he might be peeling off into the pit lane here Jeremy and deciding to give best it he has dropped off the lead lap of course even in his class so the green wheels not working for Kurt for no Zegas. yeah good point just try the pink or the purple next time he's a character isn't he he is he's great we Long like him a lot morning. three minutes and 20 seconds just under to go Robichon just needs to keep the car under him not make any silly mistakes keep the concentration going but David Coltman is by no means settled in second place. Now, the good news for Coltman in some respects is that's the championship leader behind him. So, Trenton is not going to do anything silly and risk ending up with zero points or at least dropping to the back of the field. Which means that David can be a little more aggressive perhaps in his defence because I'm pretty certain Trenton will be... will have had his orders before he even went out this morning from Jeremy Dale that uh, he just needs to get this car home and take whatever points are on offer at the moment it's third place points on offer second is there a couple of Porsches car length ahead of him but he can't afford 
to gamble with those points. Yeah, that's right, Hugh. He's been on the podium every race except for one this season. And the one he wasn't, I think he got a drive-through penalty, cost him some time, so he slipped back to six. But it's been a really good, consistent season for Trenton Estep. Makes some moves when he can, but to when he, when he, when he can't, he'll settle for what he's got. Well, Estep was hoping for this kind of season last year and didn't get the consistency, did he? And this is how you put the championship season together. Robichon showing his class at the front of the field and showing why he was the go-to guy for that number 19 more speed entry. It will be the white flag next time by for Zachary Robichon. Slight lock up there and the breaking for turn eight for David Corkman, but he's driven these cars now for a couple of years in Germany, so he knows exactly different tyres over there, sure, but uh, he knows how these cars feel towards the end of the race. He's got you know, half a season now in North America as well under his belt. He's managing that race well in second place. All of these tracks are new to David Coltman, and he is loving every single one of them. Just wide-eyed when he came here for the first time. Estep. Planning, scheming, plotting, working out with the racing driver brain. Where am I a bit stronger? Where is he a little bit weaker? Can I manufacture an opportunity in the next four miles or so? Leader comes across to take the white flag now. The battle for second is at the bottom of the hill. Zachary Robichon is out of sight, literally well out of sight he's turning into turn one and the battle for second position hasn't crested the hill now wait for coltman coming across the brow there he is oh flash of the headlights 10 extra horsepower then for trenton estep he goes to the inside he's trying to intimidate trying to draw the attention of david coltman in the 71 cars they go through turn one both of them just about inside the track limits less than four miles now for this second place battle and estep surely will have the management words ringing in his head don't throw it off third place will be fine particularly when roman de angelis is behind you de angelis is in fourth position but that's still the points gap opening up between those two young chargers it's hard to believe Estep's only 18 years of age, but he's a student of the sport. He absolutely is loves he the sport. He's doing every trick in the book to try and distract David Coltman and force him into a mistake. It's and not Dave, happening yet. And David Coltman stoically ignoring it. Yes. <laughs> Probably now, as if, if I think if I was Coltman, I might have even just pushed the centre view mirror up to look at the roof and just keep glancing in the side you can see which side the car comes from another little lock up by Coltman yeah. at turn 8 but he's got it under control now he's got to get out of the carousel well you can easily overdrive the carousel that's lovely by Coltman just drop the right hand front Yokohama onto the grass in the middle to get the nice run out uses the rumble strip on the exit now down through the kink just a little dab on the brakes then back on the throttle oh he's gone wide and he may have had to lift off just a tiny bit is this the chance that Estep has been looking for he's on the flasher he knows there was a mistake there Estep breaks early and forces the German ahead of him into a defensive move mm, I think Estep should have been on the racing line there and tried the cutback but there's still another corner and then the long drag up the hill through comes Robichon, the chequered flag for the more speed, number 19. But we're going to keep looking at this battle into the final corner of the inside. Estep had one look. He's going to have another goal. 
right in the draft now. I think Coltman's done enough. He has. My, he's made that possibly closer than it needed to be and crosses the line. The 71 of David Coltman second. Trenton Estep, another good points-paying race for the JDX car. And meantime, in the gold category, Victor Gomez. No repeat of his technical maladies from the Saturday race. He's caught Mark Kavame. So that's actually the battle for 11th and 12th, but Victor won't care about that. He's almost, well, no, he's more, actually, than 40 seconds ahead of the battle for second, which has gone the way of Bill Smith. Rob Furriel recovering after a couple of incidents to third position in gold. But Victor Gomez will be on the top step of the podium for the Gen 1 cars, the gold category. By the way, it was Charlie Luck who got the Masters result in seventh position overall for the 45 car. Well, a little bit of redemption for Victor Gomez after a disappointing end to yesterday's race. And at least he gets one trophy to take home. Zachary Robichon, Jeremy Shaw, what a choice of substitute driver put me in coach put me in right they have and he has delivered what a great endorsement of the choice and that is a great career ahead i'm fairly certain of zachary robichon very very impressive i mean now we, now we, sh we see why exactly he's leading the canadian championship so strongly up there he got the call uh, he's a great guy on and off the track is zachary robichon really good uh, role model for youngsters as well and you know he's he's got full-time job he pretty much manages the team that he runs for north of the border so he's you know he's wearing all these different hats he's a really intelligent guy he's a master's uh, got a master's degree behind him as well and he's earning the masters in driving as well now a brilliant second race of the weekend capping fantastic action from the four miles of road america Jeremy Shaw was alongside me, John Heindhoff. Thanks for joining us for the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. We'll have the rest of the season live, and I'll guarantee you now, it'll all be just as exciting. Bye-bye. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.